This week's podcast is sponsored by Direction. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Investing with IBD podcast. It's Justin Nielsen, your host, and joining me as he does every week is Arusha Pires. He's an O'Neill Global Advisors Portfolio Manager. And our special guest this week, uh, we are having him back on the show because he's such a great guest. It's Brian Shannon from Alpha Trends. Uh, he's a CMT. And I should mention, he's got a new book. It's uh, the Anchored anchored vwap everyone's got it yes uh so this is something that uh just came out of course he had uh his original book the multiple time frames uh which i think a lot of people have just really really enjoyed and this uh new book you know and i'll, I'll let you talk a little bit more about it uh sure. brian but you really dive deep into this whole idea of the anchored vwap and how people can use it for entries exits and and managing their trades Right. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot there. And, you know, it, it seems like, why does this book have to be 260 pages long? But I, I went into, you know, the theory of it, why it's important, you know, how it came to be uh, first an execution benchmark, then how it became a tool uh, for institutional, um, you know, uh, uh, algorithms and, and now as an analysis tool. And so just the kind of the psychology of the whole thing. And then I laid out nine specific strategies to use it. And, it, you know, the beauty of it is it can be used on every single time frame. A lot of people have traditionally thought, well, the VWAP, that's just for day traders. And the, the, the VWAP itself is for one day. The anchored VWAP, though, right. we can use from, you know, the middle of the day if we want to, you know, anchor to the 1215 low and the 238 high if you really mm -hmm. want a day trade. Or you can go back to the IPO four years ago or, you know, the, uh, you know, some important event five years ago on a monthly chart. And it still has significance. Price has memory. So, yeah, we'll yeah. talk a lot about that. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get into that in the second segment. And for those that are not familiar with the acronym, uh, VWAP, of course, is Volume Weighted Average Price. And you put an A in, at the front, and that's where you get that anchored uh, VWAP. So uh, uh, looking forward to that discussion. But first, let's get into the markets a little bit and just kind of talk a little bit about where we're at right now. And we'll start with some MarketSmith charts that Arusha has up right now. Um, and Ryan, I, I'd, I'd love to get your thoughts. I mean, we had this really strong move uh, from the bottom in October, and it was really the Dow Jones Industrial Average that was leading that charge. It was, um, yeah. But the beginning of this year, it's been all about the growth stocks, and the NASDAQ has come on uh, much stronger. We're seeing some of these things that were left for dead in the streets, like Shopify and stuff like that that are starting to look interesting and coming back above their 200-day lines. Um, what's what's your take on the current market action? We just had a pullback to the, you know, not quite the 21-day moving average line. Um, but do you do you think it's all, uh, coast is clear? Yeah, I never think the coast is clear, Justin. <laughs> oh, always a little bit of fear? <laughs> well, a healthy respect yeah. of fear, I think, yeah. of, of risk rather than yeah. fear. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it, it's definitely as good as it's looked in a while. We, we've had a nice beginning to this year. So far over the last two weeks, we've really digested those gains in really kind of a sideways pattern. So the supply and demand is, you know, refiguring out where that balance is in the market. And as you mentioned, you know, the technology has led the way and specifically the semiconductors, which are up 25% yeah. year to date. So, you know, that's pretty amazing that the, the start that they've had. And, you know, the semis always lead the, the queues, the NASDAQ 100. And as you mentioned, a lot of the stocks that have been left for dead uh, have had some incredible rallies. I don't think all of them are ready to turn around again, you know, because those 200 day moving averages are, in a lot of them are still declining. I right. think that we still need some time to heal in those. And these are just bounces. But there's a lot of good looking setups that that I'm you know involved in and looking to get involved in uh, several more that we can talk about later. Mm -hmm. So, Brian, so generally when you're going through your routine, how, how are you generally finding ideas? Are, are you going from market to sector to individual stocks or Never. It, it's the other way? Yeah, always. Um, so, you know, for instance, I, I'm just complete bottoms up. Mm -hmm. I 
you know, I've been doing this long enough that I can look through a list of 400 stocks in less than an hour manually. Yeah. And so rather than, you know, tell the market, look into the market and say, show me what's leading, you know, I'm looking at the components and I see, you know, the strongest semiconductors start to lead before, you know, the, the SMH starts to lead. So, you know, the components lead the sector, the sector leads the, uh, it, the index in and, 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 and that way. So as a stock trader who's shorter term uh, focused, meaning swing trade anywhere from, mm. you know, one day if it's a bad one and I get stopped out right away or, you know, up to two to three weeks, my edge is that I can look through all these stocks rapidly and find each trade based on its own merits. And then when I start to see a certain sector in those charts, you know, I'm starting to see a lot of the energy names breaking down. Devon broke down today. Uh, MRO is looking weak and they're all just kind of heavy. Those are yesterday's news. Um, there's still people trying to buy dips in there, but you know, the market is saying we've moved on. Energy is, you know, yesterday's news. So what are the emergent stocks that are coming out of bases with big earnings surprises? with volume and, and showing that on an individual basis, they can lead stocks like, you know, Monster Energy, which is at a all time high today. Mm -hmm. Well, so getting back to the energy, just just very quickly, what's interesting. So you brought up Devon and MRO, right? But when you look like at an XLE, XLE looks totally fine. So the the, the individual kind of sector might be masking what's going under going underneath the surface, right? Sure. I think that a lot of them, you know, so, you know, some components will start to break down and people will think, well, that's just an individual stock issue. Yeah. But then the confidence weakens in the overall index and then they start to follow. And, and other people are saying, well, you know, there's risk in this group. I've seen, you know, Devin, I've seen MRO and I've seen I don't follow a lot of them, but I've seen these stocks breaking down and the sector is holding up for now, but those stocks, I think, are sending a warning sign at a minimum to say there's more risk in here than you realize. The easy gains have been made over the last two and a half years. Now it's time to be super defensive and rotate out of these stocks into something where your money's going to be treated better for the next six to nine months down the road. Right. And what about rotation within kind of a a sector sometimes because you know oil and gas energy there's a lot of different components to it you've got your yeah. you know the explorers and producers and it seems like a lot of the ones that you were talking about the breakdowns were happening in that area uh on the flip side you have your field services like your halliburtons and you know um, slb um and field services i mean that's the number one group out of 197 groups right now uh that's that's held up a lot better or to Arusha's point, you know, XLE, which is dominated by ExxonMobil, XOM, um, mm -hmm. you know, that looks very different than the the U.S. explorers and producers. So do you do you have to drill down a little bit, you know, and notice? Okay, I'm seeing kind of this bifurcation within the within the sector. I, I think that's a great point. That again, it, to me, it's always about each stock based on its own merits. And, you know, so the, uh, what did you call them? The uh, uh, producer explorers? Um, you yeah. Know, the, mm -hmm. is, is that what you call them? Yeah. Yeah. The explorers and producers, ENP. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Because yeah. I, would, I would traditionally maybe look at the OIH, the oil service, which I think is yeah. similar. I'm looking at a chart of those. And, you know, I mean, a year and a half, two years ago, uh, this index was at 60. Here it is at 326 today. Mm -hmm. It's up fivefold. I mean, you, you've got to. I always think, yeah, relative strength is great, but you have to ask, you know, what's reasonable? What's reasonably left in this sector? You could back it up to a longer term chart and make a case that it could run to 500. Okay. And, and that's clearly, it's still clearly in an uptrend. So mm -hmm. to me, I think that, you know, if one uh, subgroup of the energy is starting to break down, it just tells me, you know, if I was involved in those stocks, just be careful. There's more risk here. Be ahead of it. Don't be complacent with these large gains. And if another group is breaking down, I want to know where my stops are. I want to, you know, maybe not necessarily look for any new ideas in this group, but right. make sure I know where my risk management is. The worst thing you can do is, you know, buy something at, you know, 80, it runs up to 323. 
and you ride it all the way back down to 150 and then you puke it out and tell everyone you know the market's so stupid that you know the, you know biden's by you know selling the strategic petroleum reserve they're going to need to buy more energy and you know justify it all the way down like we saw right. last year hopefully people learn from 2022 but as we know people continue to make the same mistakes over and over again they get sucked into that emotional cycle especially the greed that they can't sell their winner until it's too late yeah arguing with the market is not something that is usually a profitable uh, thing to do not for Um, me so uh brian maybe we could have you kind of uh shift gears a little bit and again you know i i maybe to introduce people to the ideas that you're looking at, the support and resistance. Are there levels that you're looking at right now of support and resistance in the individual indexes? Um, Are you using the anchored BWAP on indexes to kind of give you an overall sense? I know you're bottoms up, but do you still use it on the indexes to kind of give you a sense of uh, where you see things going? I do. I, I want to be aware of what the market is and what the environment, what the backdrop is as far as risk for the overall market. Because, it, you know, six months ago, there were still good long trades. But when I was involved in those, I was only doing so with, you know, half a third of my normal risk units. Now I'm using, you know, now I'm looking at it saying, I'm going to start to increase my risk because some of these setups are supported by an underlying market. So when we look at the SPY, for instance, I think last week's low is really important. You know, we had mm-hmm. a flush down on the 10th. If we break below that, you know, that was right next to the 20. Or you guys look at the 21, but it was yeah. right next to that as well. Um, we're holding above the anchored volume weighted average price from the all time high for the last two weeks. That tells me that that you know, balance, you know, it's coming into balance where the supply was greater than demand. We had this, the, the fearful sell off price wise. Now we're seeing more of a time correction where that equilibrium is being found. And it seems as though we're in a position, the best position we've been in for a while, where if the buyers can maintain and hold above last week's low, we could build from here and provide, you know, those higher highs and then higher lows. And, and you know, I, I personally don't think we're headed for another rip roaring rally, but Underneath the surface, it provides for you know the context of a stronger market. Gives me uh, you know at least we're not going down anymore. Therefore, yeah. the stronger stocks have a better chance of outperforming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Brian, maybe you also talk a little bit about just the behavior of the market, how it's subtly shifted too. Where it seems like at least over the last couple of months, anytime we had some bad news, maybe the CPI was a little too high or some other kind of data point came out and the markets would gap down, by the end of the day, they somehow found a way to finish positive. That's a huge tell right there. I mean, that tells us that, you know, the initial reaction might've been visceral, I've got to sell and panic, but the cool heads come in and say, it's not as bad as it looks because we're looking six to nine months down the road and maybe we hit a little speed bump here but there's still opportunity for this market to provide uh, upside. And we're betting on the future because, as we know, it's a discounting mechanism. So we have the opportunity to position for, you know, what or what inflation might look like, you know, in six to nine months. Maybe it's going to be down to I, I'm just making these numbers up. Maybe it's going to be three point eight percent. And when it is three point eight percent, you know, then maybe that's kind of a target that people start saying, well, the market's rallied 15%. We're at 3.8%. Let's start selling stocks again on the good news. Because yeah. when good news comes out and it starts getting sold into just the opposite, you know, that's that's distribution. Instead, we're seeing accumulation. And accumulation is is, you know, the, we have buyers who say, I don't care about today's news. I want shares because I'm looking down the road. I'm gonna buy from the weak holders who are throwing their stocks away on a headline. And, you know, that that's a strong tell, just like you, you pointed out, Arusha. Mm-hmm. So one one final thing to kind of just address, um, there's certainly still a lot of people that maybe got involved with the market on the later side. You know, 2020 was rip roaring. And then, you know, they come in at 2021 and to things like Peloton and uh, Zoom video and, and, you know, ride those things all the way down through 2022. And so now there's this overhead supply with a lot of these stocks and with the indexes themselves 
do you find that overhead supply as a concern? You know, as we kind of try running into that, that you know, some of these folks are going to be like, oh, finally, I can get out and you know, re recover a little bit of what I lost. Yeah, I don't, I don't really view it, uh, Justin, so much as a concern, but it's just mm -hmm. levels of interest on the uh, to to be aware of on the upside. So, you know, it, it's better actually that we have some breaks up above where natural supply will be released and we can, uh, you know, look at that and say, is that supply being absorbed with strong bids underneath? Are we correcting time-wise or are we getting deep pullbacks from there saying that there's still aggressive supply looking to get out? If it instead gets accumulated and we right. see a time correction like the last two weeks, to me, that's the market tipping its hand saying there's an underlying bid here. And when the CPI sells off and we gap down to the 20 day, 21 exponential, people are coming in to scoop that up rapidly in big size. So that just, you know, continues to tell us little pieces of the puzzle that keep yeah. coming together. And those pieces of the puzzle show up on the, the puzzle board, which is our charts where we can interpret all this action. Yeah, and eventually get the big picture. So great yeah. stuff. Uh, so thanks for that. And when we come back, we're going to get into a little bit more of how Brian Shannon uses the anchored VWAP uh, to make decisions, exit entries and setups and uh, everything, everything about this uh, very powerful tool. Uh, so stay tuned. We'll be right back. Trading Apple, sometimes you get the bear. Sometimes it gets you. Single stock daily leveraged and inverse ETFs from Direction. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's objectives, risk, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus at Direction.com. Read carefully. Okay, welcome back to the Investing with IBD podcast. It's Justin Nielsen, your host, along with our portfolio manager from O'Neill Global Advisors, Arusha Pierce, who joins me every week. And our special guest this week is Brian Shannon from Alpha Trends and also author of the his latest book which is uh well let me back up a little bit um maximum trading gains with anchored vwap so let's VWAP. talk a vwap oh <laughs> uh, we just did Come this on. whole boston accent thing and <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah so the anchored vwap let's talk first maybe just quickly describe what the what the vwap is and then why you decided to use an anchored vwap instead you know, so for instance, I can look at today for, for the SPY. Let's look at, a, uh, well, here it is for, for Monster. I have Monster up. And on a Monster, what we saw today was the stock. So this is one day right here. This is today from mm -hmm. this point forward. So we gapped down a little bit and, and, and sold off for the first 15, 20 minutes. And then we closed above the daily uh, for one minute. Okay, so we had one bar closed. Uh, above that VWAP for the day. That's also where we saw yesterday's volume weighted average price. So it got above the one and two day volume weighted average price right there. I bought right in this general area. I had some yesterday too, but I, I added to it today. And on my ad, my stop was below the low of the day. What that mm -hmm. told me is from the beginning of the day, you know, just the first 20, 30 minutes, 35 minutes here, who had control, the buyers or sellers? If it was below that volume weighted average price, it meant adjusted for volume, the average price that this stock traded at started out right here and then declined. As it got back above there, it told me the people who sold short on the open and were feeling good about, you know, maybe it, you know, their thought was maybe it was going to break down something like this and continue lower. Instead, at that point, they were losing money. The dip mm -hmm. buyers who accumulated they were in control so i want to be on the team that's winning based on you know what the bigger trend is as well of course it's not just the one minute but on the one minute chart you know here for today you can see the buyers had control the entire session because we had a, a beautiful pattern of higher highs and higher lows above that raising volume weighted average price throughout the session and unlike a, a simple time-based moving average you can see that down here where the volume is, it, as the volume really sped up here at late in the day, it dragged that volume weighted average price rapidly higher because it's assigning more value to where the volume traded. So it's mm -hmm. going to give you a more accurate picture versus a time-based moving average. You might have a 20 period moving average, let's say that looks like this, 
throughout the throughout the day um, on a one minute chart. But this tells us, you know, the buyers are in control as it's as well as as long as it's above that level. When we back it up to like a 15 minute time frame, what I have here is the year to date. I just keep that on all my charts. But let's say we wanted to look at it from the last uh, little higher low right here. So that was the two days. So we can look at it and we can anchor it from all these key levels. So if we go back to what we were talking about with the SPY, if we look at the SPY and we say, you know, here's the, the pink is the year to date. The blue is the 20 day moving average. Green is the 50 and the black is the 200. Just, just so I don't confuse people. But here's the volume weighted average price anchored to the all time high. So as we made this pattern of lower highs and lower lows, and as we know, you know, we broke that trend line and then we kind of dropped back down below it. Well, that trend line, we, we saw that that volume weighted average price off the all time high was right there as well. This time it rallied up to it. It pulled back a little bit. Now it's fighting to hold that. So, again, this is kind of that balance, finding that from this point, the average short seller is now losing money. From this point, the average buyer from that high is now, you know, in, in a winning position. It's it's the best way to think of it is a dollar cost average. If you were to buy a thousand dollars worth each month, you know, consistently in here or short a thousand dollars each month, your average price would be somewhere along this volume weighted average price for that time. So it tells you with 100% certainty from this point, the highest point this market ever traded at, the mm -hmm. average participant is now in a winning position. It's the bull's game to lose. It doesn't mean they're going to be able to just hold on to it. We saw previously that we got above it right here, but then got rejected that trend line and 200 day moving average. So it's a great complementary tool. And a lot of times, especially for shorter term timeframes, it's a great standalone tool. And it's a great standalone tool for, you know, earnings reports, for instance, you know, mm -hmm. DT, these guys, Dynatrace, you know, on the daily time frame, we can look and we can see, you know, they reported earnings right here. So I want to look at that and say on a 15 minute time frame, this is the event and the buyers gain control initially. And you'll see this a lot of times on the daily chart. It gaps up, it pulls back, regains the VWAP. And then the buyers take control. Well, they lost control over here. And then that acted as resistance. It acted resistance. And now it's kind of balancing back and forth again. I look at this five-day moving average as well. And, and I, I'm not long this stock, but I want to get long here tomorrow. Because when I look at the daily time frame, I see a stock above a rising 20, 50, and rising 200-day moving average. And then I look to the weekly time frame. We're above a rising 10, 20, 30, 40 week moving average. We can look at traditional up, you know, stage two uptrend, stage two distribution, three distribution, stage four decline. Yeah. They didn't scare you out. They wore you out. All the moving averages are heading higher. We broke resistance on a big increase in volume down here. And when we look at the average price from the all time high in Dynatrace, so I'm just going to take this anchor tool and drop one right there. That's that purple line. And look at how we're holding above that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that gives me added confidence. We had a fundamental event, the earnings report. After that earnings report, we've seen this, you know, kind of battle between the buyers and sellers. Now above here tomorrow, I think the buyers take control and my stop will go for me initially under here and here. I'm going to have two stops. Half of it underneath this little low, just to keep it a little bit tighter. So I don't have, I don't think that will, I don't think this one will get hit. But just because if I get shaken out of part of it and it rallies back up, then I'll still have part of it or I can add back to it later. But that's, you know, the type of stock that I'm looking for in terms of using the volume weighted average price on multiple timeframes. So it all comes back to, you know, volume weighted average price over multiple time frames so we can look at it with this view where i have a weekly chart the daily chart the 30 minute and the 15 10 minute time frame here i don't want to confuse people with four two is enough <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's how i kind of look at the you know how the how these uh you know time frames flow together 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Brian, I, I remember it was a few years ago. We, we were at the Money Show, and I, I watched your presentation right. on on all of this. And what was really interesting to me is that this is what institutions are using, and it you know that's when it really clicked when when you were going through a number of these examples and uh, you were ta- you're, you're just talking about how the institutions are using this. These are the prices the institutions are playing uh, pr- uh, paying for for these mm-hmm. stocks, and it at that point is like this is a natural fit towards our methodology, right? Our whole methodology, oh, yeah, is is based around trying to figure out what the institutions are doing. And so, in addition to kind of having the traditional 50-day moving average, 200-day moving average. This gives you almost real-time, more specific, stock-specific uh, prices uh, when you're using an Anchor View app. It, it's a hundred percent true. Who's in control from yeah. that event? Yeah. So you know, in the book, I described um, that Ken Griffin, who we just, you know, was just crowned the all-time, um, you know, highest earner in terms of hedge funds of, you know, Soros, Druckenmiller, you name them. Uh, all those guys, he's earned more money than any other hedge fund out there through his fund in BlackRock. BlackRock, mm-hmm. as we know, is the world's largest, uh, you know, market maker, principal uh, agency uh, business, principal and agency. But two years ago, when he was called to Congress to testify about the institutional and BlackRock's role in not BlackRock, I'm sorry, what's it? A Citadel. Citadel, Citadel yeah. Thank you. Um, Citadel's role as a market maker in GameStop and AMC and, you know, the halts and all that nonsense. Um, I watched the testimony, which I rarely do stuff like that. Um, but I, you know, something that he said really struck out to me. And I, I, I put his quote in the book because it's really powerful uh, because people say, well, why does the anchored volume weighted average price have significance from a certain date or event? And what he said was, you know, 36% of all of our business is algorithms or maybe 63. I don't, I don't remember the number. He said, mm-hmm. and the large majority of that is based around volume weighted average price orders. He went on to say, it's not just for one day. It could be a week. It could be a month or longer. So here's the guy who's making more money than anyone else in the market saying, we use these programs. So when you see stocks like Amazon coming down right to the year-to-date anchored volume-weighted average price and bouncing from there twice so far this year, or a garbage stock off the bottom like Coinbase, where did it pull back to? Right to the year-to-date anchored volume-weighted average price with precision. I mean, this is you can't make it up. You know, Etsy, boom, boom, boom. The buyers are there. They're saying we're buying for the longer term. And then you look at a stock like, you know, everyone likes this Celsius. Well, Celsius initially found buyers at that, but now the sellers are defending it. We have year to date, the sellers are in control. We have a declining 20-day moving average. We have a declining 50-day moving average. This is not the stock in this group to buy. Monster Energy is a stock to buy. Look at how it finds buyers at the year-to-date volume-weighted average price, and it's breaking out to new all-time highs. What about Peloton? Even even that garbage stock when it pulled back. Where did the buyers emerge right in there? I mean, I could go on all day with this stuff. Even another garbage stock, Palantir. Buyers, 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 all at the year-to-date anchored volume-weighted average price. How about Square? You know, one day below, well, Brian, it didn't work. Well, again, as I point out in the book, you know, my, to me, it's a level of interest. Mm -hmm. It says it's pulled back there. So now what I want to do is I want to look to the shorter term time frame when it is right there. So as it's there, well, that's this point. Do I want to buy at that point on the touch of the year to date anchored volume weighted average price that you say was right here? Or do I want to wait for some kind of consolidation, buy as it breaks a higher high right here, and set my stop underneath that most recent relevant low, and then maybe add to it later on? So to me, that's the way you know the the, the proper way to use these. Mm-hmm. And you know, I can go on with I've got a few you know really good examples. I bought uh, uh, the sneaker company the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, 
on holdings. It broke slightly through that year-to-date volume-weighted average price, but it nailed with precision just below it the volume-weighted average price from this low. So year-to-date, week-to-date, month-to-date are often important, highs and lows. So for instance, what I'm looking for an on-on, if we look at this and we back it up, you can see this orange line up there. And what that is, yeah, that's uh, the volume-weighted average price from the IPO. Wow. So when oh, okay. I look at that, it mm -hmm. tells me it's likely to go up to that level. And I don't think it has to halt there, but it's a level of interest where it's going to maybe do something like this, pull back and give me another entry over here, similar to the way I called this one, you know, on the day that Meta reported earnings right here, I said, who's buying up here? This is the average price since the all-time high after wow. the stock just doubled. This is not a place to be a buyer. This is a place to be selling. So since that event, we had a little bit of a wrestle, but now the sellers are clearly in control from that point. Maybe it's going to, you know, before this stock settles down, maybe it's going to do something like this. Maybe the 20-day moving average catches it, or maybe it comes down and catches the year-to-date volume-weighted average price and then goes. But to buy it up here after that big move into a potential it, it, that's all we knew was it was a potential important level. Um, you know, we spoke about energy. So nine, uh, you know, here's, you know, year to date, the buyers were in control. The sellers took control right here, defended it. And when we look at that, it looks like it's in free fall. But if we go to this low, maybe wow. there's a reason that the buyers are emerging right there. Yeah. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Well, well, first for for those who are listening to this, uh, you definitely want to go when you get home. You definitely want to hop on the computer, <laughs> watch the video at investors.com/podcast because um, it's really interesting just seeing all all, all of these uh, anchored uh, view apps uh, coming up and showing support and resistance. Um, I, I think it's really fascinating. I'll tell you what they need to do. Yeah, first. it's one of those things where you say, uh, you know, you know, you can't make this stuff up. One of the yeah. things that's always impressed me, Brian, is when you're on IBD Live, you know, a lot of times it comes down to the penny you know, almost uh, and, and, and get support exactly where you're like expecting it to. Uh, it, it, so. it blows my mind to this day. It, it really, truly mm -hmm. does. And, you know, there's there's a chapter in the book as well that talks about, you know, how do you want to use the V, the anchored V app? It's not necessarily going to be the way that I use it. Right. I don't like to buy right here, right at that point. I like to see it stabilize and move away from that and show that the buyers have gained control. But there's enough times where it touches it precisely and then moves higher like on on did. I could have owned on on lower than where I bought it as it touched that volume weighted average price, which was right here. I bought mm -hmm. right here instead. Yeah. So, you know, I bought there, you know, after the morning shakeout and my stop was under here. If I bought there, where does my stop go? I don't know. Mm -hmm. But here I have a level to protect against. So right. before people watch this or watch it once, buy the book at Amazon, <laughs> Apple or Google. And I usually don't promote like this, but it's no, brand new. No. I have to. Yeah. For sure, yeah. no, no, it's well worth it. I mean, I, this yeah. is—I mean, it's—it's it's an incredible textbook. There's a lot of great examples, um, and this is the only way you're really going to learn. I mean, just watch these videos, just like Brian said. But having this reference, it—and it, it, I think Brian, one of the things I like about this book too is—and you mentioned this a little bit in the the first segment—but you're bringing just a lot of the the kind of traditional technical analysis stuff and combining it. Yeah. Right. So for those who are newer to technical analysis, you're also going—they're also going to learn those co concepts too. It, it's it's so important. I mean, all the things that we learn, right? A lot of people look at, you know, head and shoulders patterns mm -hmm. and they say, well, that's bullish an inverted head and shoulders pattern. But what they fail to recognize is the psychology of what's going on to create that yeah. and just how simple it is. It's a pattern of lower highs and lower lows. Then we have a higher low. And as soon as it breaks the neckline, that's the higher high. Well, it's just a transition from sellers in control to buyers in control. Yep. And if we can put a volume weighted average price in there that tells us with precision that that's exactly where the buyers do, in fact, you know, have control. I mean, it kind of just it, it just adds a little bit of confidence to everything we're doing, because, again, it's 100 percent truth 
of supply and demand. That's that's all we're looking at. Yeah. And one of the things I really like about, you know, what you cover in the book is that, you know, again, this this whole idea behind the anchored VWAP is that you're, you know, sometimes using an event, sometimes it's a year to date, sometimes it's an earnings, um, but you really go into how do you choose your anchor? You know, where, where do yeah. you put that? Yeah. So yeah. Um, maybe we could just talk a little bit uh, about earnings and one of the reasons why your earnings are so important, you know, the, you, you mentioned a couple gap ups. Um, mm -hmm. how, how do you use that anchor to BWAP when there's an earnings? Because I mean, we're, we're right in the middle of earnings season. Well, we're, yeah. we're on the tail end of it, but there's still a lot yeah. of setup that have earnings coming up. And uh, how do you use that for, for those stocks? Well, you look at this INMD, which had a huge, you know, move the last two days from 34 to 41. Mm -hmm. And, you know, here's what's important about that. It broke above the COVID volume weighted average price, which you can see it held it back here, um, you know, on, on several. And, and here's the anchored VWAP from the IPO. So it was kind of pinballing between or pinching between the AVWAP from the IPO and then from COVID. And then the AVWAP from the all time high. You see how we ran up to it and it's been kind of yeah. threatening this breakout forever. They reported earnings two days ago and it's had this runaway move. Well, I missed it this morning on that little pullback, so I'm not going to chase it. I didn't like the initial volatility. This is an important event. So what I'm looking for in the case of INMD is you know, maybe it rallies another day, maybe it rallies another two days, um, but eventually it's going to correct. And maybe it just corrects through time where it does this. And well, what's going to happen is that volume weighted average price is going to be dragged higher by it. So it's either going to correct like that or it's going to come down like this. And then I want to then put an anchored volume weighted average price off of here. Let's say that's the peak. Well, if I have a VWAP off of that peak, I'll say, you know, it'll come down like this. And as long as it's below that, the average person from that peak is losing money. But right. if we then see the volume weighted average price from the low kind of pinch together with that peak, and then the buyers gain control over here, I want to be a buyer here with my stop underneath there, the, the, the where that low occurred. Um, FSLY just reported. I missed that one as well. And the question is, do I want to buy it up here? So if we put a volume weighted average price anchored to the uh, earnings, you can see how yesterday it pulled back or two days ago, it pulled back to that on the open and then ran. But here's what we want to look for as well. What about the anchored volume weighted average price from these highs? So when we look at this high, that's an important high right here. Maybe it's going to run up to there before it finds supply. So that's, you know, it can give me an idea of where it might go as well. Because as you just Justin earlier was saying, what about all the potential for supply from people who are holding these things on the way down? Well, if we can measure objectively where that supply is most likely going to halt the progress of the stock through this anchored volume weighted average price from those emotional turning points. So, you know, where we got big, a big shock to the supply and demand is one of the best reasons to, you know, places to anchor. And obviously earnings do that. We right. get a report card for the company of the last three months. And wow, they're way better than expected. I got to go in and buy. I don't like to chase them because sometimes they fail. I wait for things to settle down. Sometimes I miss them and they just continue without me. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. It's about process and everyone has their own. So there's a lot of ways to use it. You could you know, anchor a volume weighted average price even to this uh, place where it accelerated or the handoff and maybe say, okay, well, I purchased on this day. Now, as long as it remains above that volume weighted average price from that acceleration point, I'm going to raise my stop up underneath the higher lows with that. And I'll get stopped out here because maybe then it's going to come down to this one and I can reload and buy on the way back up. Yeah. Great stuff. And so again, uh, this is definitely one of those episodes where you really want to check out the video because uh, Brian's Brian's markups, again, we, we, we handed the controls over to him. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we couldn't <laughs> trust it in anyone else's hands. So uh, definitely check that out at investors.com slash podcast. If you're if you're listening to this, um, really great stuff on the videos. And speaking of videos, uh, we should also mention that 
you've got a lot of videos, weekly content uh, that you right. do on YouTube, uh, because a lot of the stuff, it, it you know, it, it takes a few times. It takes a few times to really kind of get like exactly what you're doing and how important this is and how well it works. I mean, once you see the 50th time uh, that it's coming right down to that level, you start getting a little bit more confidence in it. So certainly at YouTube, uh, you can just look up Alpha Trends and uh, watch watch a lot of Brian's content. So yeah. Uh, when we come back, we're also going to talk a little bit about some more stocks that are potentially setting up right now and some of the ways that Brian is looking at these. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Trading Tesla, sometimes you get the bear. Sometimes it gets you. Single stock daily leverage and inverse ETFs from Direction. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's objectives, risk, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus at Direction.com. Read carefully. Welcome back to the Investing with IBD podcast. It's Justin Nielsen, your host, along with Arusha Pires, my weekly guest from O'Neill Global Advisors. He's a portfolio manager over there. And then we also have Brian Shannon on with us again this week. Uh, he's from Alpha Trends, author of uh, uh, multiple time frames book. And his latest book is on the anchored VWAP uh, to really kind of understand how to maximize your trading success using some of these tools. And he already gave us a, a really nice preview of how he uses it. But what he's going to do is he's going to look at a few setups right now and uh, use that anchored BWAP tool to kind of show how he's looking at things. So um, again, this is one where it's going to be a little bit more video heavy this time because uh, look, you, you bring a technical an analyst expert like Brian on and uh, you're going to get you're going to get some video here. We'll start with fast. Uh, so F-A-S-T, okay. uh, Fastenal and uh, you can just uh, kind of show your charts here, and again, this is uh, this is this is Brian showing his TC two thousand setup. So, um, wh where do you have your anchors right now, and what what are you looking at? Okay, real simple. So I I've kept this orange one on all of my charts uh, since the COVID low. And, okay. you know, that it was just a real important measure for the market um, in 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 a lot of individual stocks, and continues to be to this day for a lot of stocks. Maybe not so much for Fastenal. But for Fastenal, you know, first we want to focus on this most recent move. You can see that it, you know, it rallied up on big volume over here. And this consolidation is occurring on lighter volume. So you had this first bump up on big volume, then a little bit of a rest, and then that big spike here and lighter volume. So that's telling us it's correcting through time above this prior resistance. So we had the pattern of lower highs and lower lows. Now we have this higher low and this higher uh, higher high right here, and that prior resistance is holding the support. So I look at that and say, let's let's back it up a little bit. Let's look at the weekly time frame just for a simpler view. And that's a monthly, but here's the weekly. So oddly, it held the 200-week moving average. Um, but here we see the 10, 20, 30, 40-week moving average all flattening out and turning higher. And again, that very clear pattern of what had been lower highs and lower lows has now become a low, a higher low. And by breaking this, we have a higher high. That's the definition of an uptrend. That's the type of stock I want to be involved in here. It's not like I want to be involved over here. I mean, you make money over there, but this is getting it, you know, as it's fresh, it's a right. fresh stage two uptrend. And the way they typically go, if they're going to, you know, stay intact, is maybe run up to this level, pull back a little bit, run up to this level, exceed it just a little bit, get people excited, they chase it, and then it pulls back, and then it runs off to new all-time highs. So that's kind of the overall thesis on the weekly chart. And I want to say, who's it, are, do, are, are the buyers actually in control? So we take this anchored VWAP and we drop it right there on the all-time high. So again, we had that back and forth the most recent time it touched it it got rejected hard and then this is pink is our year-to-date anchored volume weighted average price now we can see that that volume weighted average price off of that peak over here is you know had been resistance now it's turned to support at that prior resistance as well so we kind of are you know just reinforcing that the resistance became support not just from this peak but from the average price so the average short seller in this time better hurry up and cover their shares because the longs are now interested and in control so when we look at the two time frames together the daily 
One thing I'm, I don't, I'm not thrilled about with this stock, and this was just about 200 days ago. I keep an eye on that just to anticipate the reaction of the 200 day, just to explain what this vertical line is. Um, but it's, you know, it's kind of choppy. So I don't like the personality of the stock so much, but it seems to be finding some order in here since this large, you know, large volume break. So where did the last upward move begin? Right here. So the average price since then, we had an important low here, and this is clearly an important high. And when we look at it from that important high, it starts to show a little bit of order where sellers have been there. So I'm looking at this stock and I see that this morning it was, you know, 52 and a quarter. It ran up to 53. What I'd really like to see tomorrow morning is a pullback just briefly, create a higher low here, break that level. I'd like to be a buyer here or even as it's breaking here and then have my stop underneath the volume weighted average price from this low right here. Because I expect that if it pulls back, it'll find buyers there, it breaks higher. And then this trend alignment, right now we're in a stage, you know, this was a stage four on the, you know, over the last two weeks. Now we're in stage one on the shorter term timeframe. Breaking mm -hmm. a higher high here tells me the definition of trend is higher highs and higher lows. So I wanna buy here with my stop underneath the most recent relevant higher low for my timeframe. For me, that would be right here, possibly moving it up to in this area later in the day. So we have a stage two uptrend on the 15 minute time frame that's in alignment with the uptrend on the daily and in alignment with the trend on the weekly time frame. So all those weave together and tell me that's the lowest risk, highest probability place that I can buy this stock with momentum. And I know for fact, the average participant from this peak will then be in control. So just look at the 15 minute again, maybe pull back, test that five day moving average, then get going tomorrow or tomorrow's Thursday, maybe Friday. But I think it's pretty imminent that it goes. My stop will go here. Maybe an investor who's looking at the weekly time frame and saying, hey, I like the way he drew that out. And, you know, it's kind of like I, I watch these gold shows on the Discovery Channel. And uh -huh. every time they show, these guys digging for the mother load. Discovery <laughs> draws in this big pile of gold. And these guys are always digging, digging, and digging. They never hit the mother load. <laughs> that's what drawing this chart is like. It's not meant to be that's what's going to happen. But that's what, you know, that's how stocks trade. That's the potential. So if you're interested in that weekly time frame, I think your definition of trend would be violated if this low that we can see more clearly even on the daily time frame gets violated. That's where we have a rising 20-day moving average as well. So, you know, it's it's again, it's tying them all together. So yeah. that's how I'm looking at Fastenal for tomorrow. Yeah. So Brian, and I think what, there's something special about kind of having that idea of expectations and then, okay, now does it either meet those expectations and do what I thought or does it do something else? Um, what were we going to say, Arusha? I, I, I was just putting it more like executing on it. So, so if it, it if it's once it gets above uh, the the weighted price, yeah, wh where where are you sending your alerts to kind of? Because obviously you're you're watching a number of stocks. Where right. are you mm -hmm. generally sending your alerts to say, hey, I I better watch a fastenal right now because it looks like it's getting close where I can actually put this into action. Great question. So tomorrow morning maybe it gaps up and mm -hmm. and maybe it gaps up. And it pulls back just slightly, but then it gets back above the VWAP. Well, then I'll watch it right here and I'll probably buy it right here. And my stop might be actually under here. Um, but what I'll do, Arusha, is, you know, I'd love to see it pull back first. And if I'm watching it in the morning or there, you know, something else has my attention, I might set an alert at this level, 5270. Okay. I want to see that it pulls back and mm -hmm. I want to just, you know, see how it's behaving at that time. And then I'll set an alert at $52.95. So if I'm not watching it, then I know that it's pulled back and now it's up here just before the breakout. Right. I wanna know before the breakout so I can pull it up on my screen and say, it's hitting this important level. Now I need to drill down, open up and look at my level two screen, watch the tape and see if maybe I should anticipate the breakout because it's speeding up and we're seeing volume come in or the market is broken out and Fed says we're never going to raise interest rates again. We're slashing 
and I know that this is the stock to buy. But you've got to be prepared in all those scenarios to say, okay, it gapped up. Well, this is one of my main stocks. I think the weekly chart backs, you know, backs up the potential for a longer term move. So I'm going to pay more close attention to this one. This will grab my spotlight. Okay. Yeah. Let's go ahead and move on to another stock. Um, you were yeah. talking about uh, Fresh. Uh, so Freshworks, FRSH. This could be a fresh stage two uptrend on a weekly time frame. I mean, mm -hmm. again, if they don't scare you out on the way down, I think they wore people out over the last year. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just again, traditional technical analysis. We have a rising 10, 20, 30, and 40-week moving average. We've exhausted the sellers. So the, 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 the scales of supply and demand have neutralized over that last year. And now we're right at this level where it appears as though it's starting to break into a stage two uptrend. So what's the average price since this stock came public? Or how about from this peak? Because I want to know those two levels as, is there potential for supply there? And, you know, that first level is just overhead. But if it goes up to the anchored volume weighted average price from the IPO, it doesn't become my price target, but it becomes a level of interest. And that's right at about $20 per share. So that helps me look at my risk reward and say, here's what I think a reasonable expectation for at least a, a first push. Oops, wrong tool. Uh, a first push could get it up towards that level. And then maybe it consolidates. So I'll get out as it pulls back. And then as it starts to do this, I want to be a buyer again here as a swing trader. Now, an investor might say, hey, I want to buy it here and set my stop under there. And maybe it's going to do that discovery gold pile right down there and, you know, just continue into this beautiful stage two uptrend. So then I look to the daily time frame and that's those were those drawings. It pulled back. You know, they reported earnings, I believe, just this week or next earnings report is five May 2nd. So they reported. And so far this year, the sellers started out in control, but then they defended the year to date VWAP here. They're defending it again now. We've got, again, that rising 20 and 50 day moving average on a 15 minute time frame. It's a little wonky in here. So this is kind of a B list idea for me. I'd like to see it maybe do this kind of settle down over the next few days. Uh, you know, this is for precision swing trade entry. That five-day moving average kind of comes up underneath it like this. It maybe does a little shakeout. And then, you know, I want to be a buyer here with a stop under there. You know, mm -hmm. that's an ideal scenario. The market doesn't care what I think is ideal. <laughs> so I want to say, what's the average price since that earnings? Well, the you know, the buyers are in control. Are they going to defend it or hopefully we get a shakeout first but you know that's one definitely that's high on my radar as well because it's you know it's a, a lot of people are focused on the stocks that are making the new high over here right and you know when they're extended like that what was that one today that everyone you know had been uh it began with a c i think it just got dropped 50 percent. oh crdo yeah oh yeah, uh, yeah. crdo yeah. yeah you know it God, what a disaster. But it, you know, it had just run from 12 to 19. To me, it's prudent to take profits along the way so you're not stuck with this. I mean, I really feel bad for the people who are really, you know, that were positioned into it and felt great and confident about it because it was a beautiful uptrend. But right. this is why we position size things because once in a while, something hits it that's completely unexpected. And if, you, if you're too heavily loaded, this is just going to destroy you. You're, you're fighting for the rest of the year to break even. So right. anyway, back to fresh. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's a little early in there, but I'm, I'm anticipating the trade to set up over the next few days, you know, two to five, six days, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, let's go ahead and shift gears and uh, maybe take a look at a restaurant stock. This is one, uh, we, hey, we just had the Super Bowl. I'm sure people were uh, having, having their... Uh, Pizza. So, if we take a look at PZZA, which is Papa John's, uh, pizza. Yeah. What's your What's your thoughts on this one? Well, here, so we can look at this even traditionally and say, is that a shoulder? Is that a head? And that's a shoulder. And you know, that looks like a beautiful neckline that it broke over here. So, mm -hmm. if we take the measured move, the height of that is you know sixty seven up to ninety two. What is that? Twenty five points. I'm guessing. I don't know. Add that to the breakout yeah. point here of eighty five. 
that would imply a target of 110. So that's mm -hmm. one piece of the puzzle. We've got the 200-day moving average just about you know turning higher. In fact, today might have been the first day. Yesterday, the 200-day moving average was 83.09. Today, it's 83.12. So it's the first day that this 200-day moving average has turned higher since it undercut it back here. So that was clearly an important level up here. We had mm -hmm. this big decline. So what are we going to do? We're going to go and say, what's the average price since that event? And is it a coincidence, do we think? Or, <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Or, you know, what we want to do is also say, well, that was an important one as well. Okay. And it may be not as significant, but we broke back above it today. Um, so let's look at a 15-minute time frame. We know that the daily chart is bullish. Uh, let's actually go back to the weekly time frame. So again, you know, stage uh, two markup, stage three distribution, stage four decline. Stage one accumulation, higher high with a higher low on the weekly time frame. Now we're in this period where it's the buyer's game to lose. If I was an investor, my absolute worst case stop would go under here. That was a hell of a shakeout four days ago. If it violates that, then there's bigger problems for the stock, I think. I don't think it's likely to do that. I got along this stock today. It was just coming up out of this level in here. And that was a fortunate thing. My stop was under here. I took a third off already. And now I have two stops, one here and one at, uh, I think it was 92. Where are my notes? Um, my stops are, sorry for all the moving around. I've got a stop at 93.80 and 92.38. So my first stop is right here below this higher low. That's my swing trade, higher definition of trend higher highs and higher lows. This is the most recent relevant higher low. So I own the stock at 93. My first stop is at 93.80. So I'll lock in a profit. I, I sold a third today at daily R2, which was at 94.20. That was simply to, to reduce my risk. So right. daily R2, and it continued higher and that's fine. It was to reduce my risk. Um, now my job is manage risk. Half of my stop is here. Half of my stop is under there. So if I get tagged on that first third, let's say it shakes out in the morning, but then it goes on to recover. Well, then maybe I'll add back here even mm -hmm. and, you know, put all my stop here. But this one just, you know, it looks like it's, again, it's it's on its way. This is looks like the beginning of a stage two uptrend. And this is, I believe they say, one of the best performing stocks, you know, of all time, if you go back to, the splits way back here right that you know adjusted for all the splits it was a dollar 95 and here it is today at 95 yeah uh, a, a huge huge long term uptrend and i mean it's 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 funny because dominoes dpz is kind that's of uh yeah amazing amazing one yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. in a similar boat where you just look at that long term uptrend and it's like what you know, who would have thought, you know, everyone's looking at Apple, but, you know, maybe they should have been looking at Domino's. Um, yeah. And I, I just want to say something, you know, I, I think not only just seeing all these examples has been really educational, but just hearing Brian just go through the process. Right. Seeing all the just hearing the scenario analysis right? he's thinking about every aspect. What have happens here? What do I do here? Uh, I mean, that's, you know, he has his process down and that's what, you know, we all have to do. Uh, yeah. when, when you're thinking about this, so you because you want to make it as objective as possible, not let your emotions really get the best of you, you know, in real time. So, mm -hmm. so here's something I'll say. I would say, you know, I'm in this. So, what good does that help you and in, in the people watching this broadcast? What I might look at tomorrow or the next day is that if it begins to pull back here, let's say it goes on to break this high, right from a few days ago. Mm -hmm. I would think it's most likely. Since it just came from 88 to 97 and it breaks out, I would expect it to pull back from there. And maybe mm -hmm. it pulls back to the volume weighted average price from today, right here. And then there's a better opportunity, you know, sometime next week. Or, you know, maybe tomorrow morning it pulls back to today's VWAP. Uh, so it becomes the two day or second day VWAP. And then tomorrow's VWAP looks like this. So I would want to be a buyer as it gets back above tomorrow's VWAP with a stop below to, uh, this pullback low because I know I'm entering the trade late because it's just run, you know, what is this, eight points 
um, seven yeah. points or you know close to 10% in just five days. And, and I, I, you know, that's one of the biggest things that people do is they, they chase these stocks that are up 10% in the last two, three days. And, and there's a lot of examples where they work, but there's a lot more examples where they right. pull back and give you a better opportunity in two to three days. Yeah, just requires some patience. I yeah. want to get through one more stock because sure. I thought this one was really interested when we uh, interesting looking when we were talking about it on the pre-show. Um, let's take a look at BSX, uh, Boston Scientific. Um, and what really interested me about this was again that multiple time frame approach that you you take with these things. Right. So if we look at the monthly time frame, you know, this was a huge winner. Um, and, you know, it's had a couple of huge runs in its life. Mm -hmm. um, I, I actually did really well with this. Even it was way back in here when I was working at Lehman Brothers, I was first buying options and it used to split every three months. And I just made so much money with options in there <laughs> because I was at Lehman Brothers in Boston. Um, anyways, you know, we've just eclipsed the high from 2003, 20 years ago. Wow. And what happened, you know, how did we eclipse that high? Well, we did that by consolidating underneath it for the last three years. Mm -hmm. And notice how, you know, that resistance, then we built this beautiful little launch pad here on this weekly time frame. And three weeks ago, we had earnings and that motivated the buyers to push it out of that consolidation. So when I look at this one back to the daily time frame, you know, we're holding above the, the rising 20 day moving out. Let's clear all this stuff off. Here's the 20 day moving average. Here's the year to date VWAP. We've got a rising 50 day moving average. And that break, you know, that break of this short term resistance is acting as support as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that would tell me a stop would go under here, worst case under there. So when we look at the 15 minute time frame, you know, the earnings report was on this day right here. It got that big move. What's well, been really choppy since then? I don't buy stocks with a declining five day moving average. So I want that five day moving average to flatten out over the next couple of days. And maybe it starts to do something like this. And then breaks this little band of resistance, I would then look at, well, of course, we have to see what's the volume weighted average price off that peak. And again, it's probably a coincidence there were sellers here and here and here. <laughs> <laughs> but if it then breaks above it right here, I want to be a buyer with my stop most likely under here for a swing trade. For an investor who's looking at this going, there's no potential overhead supply you know, your stop, I think, would go under here. Maybe if you're really looking at a longer term holding, you want to put a big stop on it. I think it's unnecessary, but underneath that higher low. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, again, I, I think this is just another good example of how you're, you know, using those multiple time frames, drilling down and, and really coming up with some precision on where exactly you're looking at your entries, your exits. And again, a lot of this is all outlined in your brand new book uh, that is focused on the anchored VWAP. And uh, a, a really, I haven't finished it. Uh, I, I've, I've started it, but I will I will tell you, just looking at the table of contents got me excited because uh, cool. it, it's just, a, a even the table of contents is like, wow, this has got yeah, some great stuff in it. Uh, so, and plus, it, it's not only just you know the the details here, but you go through a lot of those foundational things, um, right. technical uh, analysis foundations. So it's it's not something if you're getting lost on this uh, on this video, um, you know know that there's there's help there, and you you go through a lot of this stuff with with a lot of handholding. So I think that's that's great for beginner investors too. You know, and I, I will tell you that a beginner investor should start this book backwards and start with the appendixes. The appendix, right. Because mm -hmm. I, I did a little bit of, you know, brush up on the five-day moving average on stage analysis with the, you know, stage analysis chart and all that. So that's a, where a beginner should start is in the back. Then go to, you know, the front section and uh, the, the second section, which, which is strategy uh, heavy. Yeah. So again, this is what the book looks like. Uh, very similar in the way that it looks uh, to your your first book um, on the multiple time frames, um, and that is available on Amazon. Just look up Brian Shannon. And, and the book uh, is nice and big too. Yes, that's what that's yeah. what I like too. The big letters, 
big uh, examples. I mean, yeah. it, it's really nice. Everyone, yeah. everyone our age points that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the twenty-year-olds are looking at it, going, "What the heck? Do I have some like inverse yeah. readers for this? <laughs> How do I get this to fit in my bookcase?" Uh, right. Yeah. So, um, and of course, uh, another another thing that people should check out is your YouTube channel. Um, if they go onto YouTube, subscribe to Alpha Trends. Um, a lot of great video content there uh, so that you can just kind of turn these ideas into part of your routine and, and really kind of understand where that support and resistance comes in. So thanks again, Brian Shannon, uh, for being with Thank us. Uh, it's yeah. always a pleasure having you. My pleasure. Thank you. Okay. That's going to do it for us this week. Uh, join us next week. Um, we may have a special guest for you. We're working on uh, some of that. Uh, otherwise, you're going to be stuck with Arusha and I uh, going through and uh, checking out what's happening in the market and uh, every, everything that we like to talk about in terms of the investor's business daily methodology. So uh, stay tuned for that. And uh, thanks for joining us this week. We'll see you next time. And for this week's notes and charts, make sure to go to investors.com slash podcast, where you'll find details for each episode in the podcast episode section. And make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast if you haven't already. We'd really appreciate it. You can also send us your questions and comments to investingpodcast at investors.com. We would love to hear from you and may use your comments on an upcoming episode. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only, and nothing should be construed as a recommendation to buy, hold, or sell any securities make sure to consider consulting with your financial advisor before making any investment decisions.